Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies. And for our listeners, use your special discount code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. The simple life is simply gone. Folks these days don't know right from wrong You do you and I do I Looking for the truth but only getting lies, lies, lies When it comes undone, we won't run I bet they never seen young guns like I did as a young one They talk about pals, they talk about hey, Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, excited to have my guests on today. You know, when we look at the state of affairs uh, in our country right now, uh, I think the majority of us uh, kind of feel the same way. Uh, there's things that are happening that are just, they're unbelievable when you when you really look at it. And, you know, and it's, it's, it's happening across all all sectors of, of our country and, and all different different areas. But when we look at the cowboy rodeo and Western world, what they've tried to do for a long time is, uh, you know, stop rodeo. Uh, there's people that don't even want us to ride horses, you know. So I've got a man on today, uh, Dave Duquette, and he started a, uh, a nonprofit legislative fund. I'm going to let him tell you about it called Western Justice. And he is lobbying to protect our Western way of life and our Western sports and rodeo. Uh, and I, I know because I've been following him and, and watching the news and seeing what's been going on they're, they're trying to stop rodeos and bull riding in, in Los Angeles, uh, which to me is just nuts. But anyway, uh, Dave is, he's on the cutting edge of this stuff. He's out there, uh, you know, fighting the good fight. And uh, so we're going to hear what he has to say. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get more people involved and uh, just realizing, you know, what is really happening. Because as you know, before you know it, if you're not paying attention, things can change and you just go and what happens. So uh, without any further ado, Dave, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I got to tell you another thing, too. Um, this morning, I got a text from... Uh, uh, Benny Paulson from Breaking Eight, and he yeah. said, "He said, hey, he goes, um, he goes, uh, here's our song we wrote for Western Justice, and I know the song, and I've had Benny on a couple times, and uh, he goes, in case you want to use it for your podcast, so we are going to use this this song for the intro on this episode, uh, the Western Justice uh, song from Breaking Eight, Excellent. but uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, just kind of start from the beginning. Tell us how you got this this going. Give us as much history and background on you as you want, and uh, we'll go from there." So Western Justice, basically, stuff. I was a horse trainer for 20 years, trained and showed rain cow horses. And now back in 2006, I started uh, seeing what the animal rights and the environmental groups were, our industry are trying to do. So I saw that nobody was really taking that and run and do anything about it. And I, I uh, just started into it and wasn't politics until then. And finally, stepped my toe in the in the water water there and uh, was very lucky when I went to DC the first few times I I hooked up with some there's one was from here in Texas where I'm at uh, he was a 28 year and 
Texas named Charlie Stenholm. He's a blue dog Democrat when they still had true blue dogs. He's the squad. And there's still some blue dogs over there, but the, you know, the, God takes up all the oxygen in the room, so you don't hear about that. But then I had Conrad Burns on the Senate side. So I had believable attorneys that helped me. Um, and those guys over navigate DC early on to learn how to to deal with that swamp and the whole way things go over there to where I got a for a high school educated Marine horse I got a lot of education real quick. So that's that's where I started all this. And then I ran for seven years. Um that they're they're going more in a educational group instead of a, a do you know do things kind of group um i decided i wanted i didn't want to i'm not an educator i'm a, i want to go fight for our rights and fight for everything we're doing so that's what i started doing I, I when i left protect the harvest um a lot of our my friends and don't protect the harvest and people like that in the horse world uh, decide, they called me and said, hey, we'll do something else. We don't want you to be out of this fight. So, you know, and probably one of my greatest accomplishments when I was at, during the time I was at Protect the Harvest and stuff that I do is is getting, securing the, the full pardon for the Dwight and the two ranchers from Oregon that Trump, President Trump had pardoned. That was, that was probably by far my number one thing that I've, accomplishment in my mind. Right. So, Dave, just for clarification, you said that uh, you were with Protect the Harvest for seven years, correct? Yeah, yeah, I was at Protect the Harvest, and um, when I when I left there, they they people, all of our big donors, the the bigger donors that we had, you know, I would call quarterly at the minimum to give them updates on all the little things that I do that I can't publicize because there's a there's a lot of things out there that I can't go talk about to the public in or in, I could, I could sit and talk and have a conversation with somebody, but I can't talk about it publicly because it would burn the, my sources and street cred with, with the people that helped me in DC. Um, you know, we've built a, I've been able to build over the last 16 years, a, a great bunch of relationships over there to where I have the cell phones of many senators and congressmen. Right. And if something comes up that's going to adversely affect our industries, I can make a phone call to one or two of them or explain, go have a meeting with one or two of them and explain to them why a certain part of a bill or, or something that's coming up will cause a problem. And we can usually get things stopped in committee or, um, you know, stopped in the committee before it even gets to a vote on the floor. So, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of the the whole um, you know analogy of ducks on the pond kind of a deal. Right. So I'm I'm up here and I the things that you see that I'm doing publicly that we promote and talk about, but underneath there's a heck of a lot more going on under the water. There's a heck of a lot more going on. Right. So you know and and you know one thing that a lot of people have no idea just it, President Trump signed the Pact Act. And which was a prevent all cruelty and torture act, which it sounds great on the surface, but it's all in the wording and the way these animal rights groups pervert things once they get that wording in there and they'll pervert it. And then the rulemaking, who, whoever's the one doing the rulemaking after the bill is passed is, a, is can be a huge problem. And that's where a lot of our work comes into is being in the room when they're doing the rulemaking or at least having a voice there. Right. Um, but on that PACT Act, there was one, just one of the things that we got removed from the Pact Act said that you couldn't weigh more than 10% of the animal's body weight you were riding. At, 200, at 230 pounds, that puts me on a 2,300-pound draft horse. I guarantee I'll be riding a dirt bike, not a horse, if I had to ride a draft horse. But who would enforce it? You know, there's no, some of these laws that they're trying to pass are just so ridiculous that there's no way for them to enforce them anyway. Yeah. You know, a, a random situation here and there, which would, would turn into a, either a civil rights or a First Amendment or a, or a discrimination lawsuit. You know, right. it's, it's designed to cost taxpayers money yeah. and make you want to get out of the industry. Right. Well, you know, I always, I always think back to this and I don't remember exactly what year it was, but, you know, I grew up hunting, always had guns. 
uh, love guns, love hunting, love shooting. And, but I was never into like, um, you know, the AR type, uh, firearms, uh, not really even semi-automatic pistols that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was younger, you know, I, I was, I loved the old West. I love lever actions, pump shotguns and single actions. And I remember, you know, uh, when I was growing up and I remember, I don't remember what year it was, but when they started talking about banning the quote unquote assault rifles and, and then it actually went through it, it was, this was in California. And, and I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, I don't use those really anyway. It's, you know, it's not that big a deal, but it, that's how you get conditioned slowly. Uh, and then before you know it, you're accepting some t- sort of, you know, somebody else's ideology uh, about something that you don't even believe in. And it's, it's the same thing with, you know, what you're doing to, uh, you know, protect the, the rodeo industry and, and the Western lifestyle. It, they, they take it gradually, like with this PACT bill or PACT Act you're talking about. You know, they put all this perverted language in there that, that actually makes no sense, but slowly but surely they erode our, our rights. And that's why, it, you know, it's so important for us to be involved. And now I own, I mean, I have AR weapons and, and semi-autos, you know, and I just, I, I love those kind of guns now. I just wasn't into them when they were trying to, you know, take them away from everybody. But anyway, it's, just, it's, the, same, it's the same kind of thing. They, they slowly will try to take away our rights and the good people, which I, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but this is just my opinion. The good people, which is the majority of people that are raising their families and love America and going to work. Uh, the majority of us think like this, right. you know, it's, it's the squeaky wheels that are out there that you're having to contend with all the time in, in your line that, that can make it hard for the majority. And that's why, you know, that's one of the another reason I wanted to have you on, you know, is, is because we really need to everybody in this industry needs to to, you know, get behind this and support it. Right. Yeah. Am I coming through? All right. You were yeah. breaking up just a bit. OK. Yeah, I got you. But I, I could hear everything. It was just a little delayed. But anyway. You know, what now is so important and western justice for for lack of a better term it's kind of of the western lifestyle so when i when i set this up i had a couple of you know folks that had the wherewithal that wanted to just have me be the lobbyist what would it cost me to just be the lobbyist for the horse industry well that would be more beneficial to me than doing what i'm doing but it doesn't carry as much weight if organize this organization to where it's a legacy type I can start passing it down to just like with NRA or one of these other big organizations down to the next generation to keep going with right and that's what we want to do I don't want to this forever I mean I'm 56 years old I'd like to someday take a vacation right. you know my vacation that's about it so I do enough traveling with that, but uh, oh, getting us to the point where we have the membership base, our basic membership's $50 a year. And we kept it there for everybody to start with. And then we had a lot of people saying, hey, how can we want to give more? So can you make, so we, we've got different levels all the way up to $1,000. But as much as we need to do what we're doing, we need the bodies. I need if I have 50 members and I go to DC, there's not a whole lot we can't stop. And hell, there's 300 ropers out there that all should be members. You know, there's all the rodeo, the ranchers, and all the different people involved. And I tell people all the time this industry, you know, the last stud industry was a $122 billion a year industry. Well, that's 12 times. NFL. And that's the way I equate it to these politicians because they hear big numbers all the time. Right. But we're the largest recreational entity in the United States by double the next one. And if you include ranching, rodeo, and the horse and the Western horse, in you know, the cow horse, reining cutters, all of those kind of riding disciplines, you include all those. There's no bigger demographic and more well essentially demographic, I don't think, in the United States. And there is 
that $122 billion a year industry of the domestic horses, we are 75 to 80%, and we have no voice in D.C. The people who are the organization in D.C. looks to and has been there forever is owned, basically, and manipulated club. It's not, not looking out for the Western horse. They do little there. They do some good stuff, but not on the hard issues or anything that's really affecting Western horse, which is the majority of the horse world by far. They they don't they cater to the thoroughbred world. Right. So that's that's our that uh push and they actually these other organizations actually believe in what I'm doing, they don't like it because I'm taking membership or the potential is there, but they, they don't like it much, but they Western justice is needed. And they've said it to me in private, you know, what is needed a hundred percent. And it's a, it's a, a group that is long overdue. And if we come together, there's nothing these animal rights groups can't, can do to us that we, we've been very effective. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, how do you stop uh, these organizations? How are you successful against these organizations to get half a billion dollars in donations a year? Society of the United States or ASBCA and PETA and all those groups. I just tell them it takes a lot of money to build a lie. It takes very little money comparatively to tell the truth. We have truth on our side. So we don't have to go out and spend five years building the narrative and come up with a way to coin something to make it look bad. Right. We, we have truth on our side. And if we go able to go put into context and just show our truth to the, to politicians, you know, lawmakers, all those people, it, it, it's, it's a very simple deal. You know, protect the harvest, uh, the environmental groups and the, and the, and the animal rights groups and posts called us a PR juggernaut in a K street think tank, which, you know, they wanted, they wanted to make it sound bad, but it was, that was a badge of honor for us. So, you know, it was, uh, there's, there's a lot there that we can do. There's a lot of strategy we use that is, uh, more guerrilla warfare. If you want to talk about it in that terms, you know, right. we, we do it that way more successful than they are. And we don't have to have the billions of dollars that, but another thing that I want people to understand is over the last two years, these animal rights groups didn't slow down. They weren't, they weren't hiding in their mom's basement. Like, you know, people were, they were actively. And over the last two years, they spent $3 million collectively on lobbyists in DC. What has the horse industry done? We haven't been able, we can't afford that kind of stuff. We have a lobbyist that helps us out. Most of the time it's pro bono, but I got to, if I get this membership, if I can get enough people to be members, we can afford to have the, the people there that we need doing. And that's what we're all about. Our money goes, every bit of the money goes right back into these efforts, like the effort to stop the ban in LA, the rodeo ban in LA. I mean, we've, we've spent 12,000, minimum for the last year on a lobbyist because I if I went to go talk to the city council and try to lobby them uh, I wouldn't get a meeting with the staffer because that's how that operates there so we needed a local lobbyist with those come at hefty cost and you know all the all the advertising through Facebook boosting posts doing getting the word out and you know, I can I can take and target it. And one of the great things that came out of it, there's a a great guy that was has become a good friend now. His name's Dale Gibson. He's the he's a stunt man. He's been in, he's fallen off of horses. He was a bull rider for when he was young. And him and Forey Smith Yellowstone work together a lot. They're really good friends. And Dale's the head of the Los Angeles equine advisory committees, which is made up of person, every, every city councilman uh, appoints one person to that committee, the district. And 
you'd be surprised at how many horses there are in the city limits of LA and how arenas and, and people that have, you know, barrel races, Jim can has all kinds of different stuff. And the LA equestrian center, you know, right. uh, there's, there's all going on there that people have, I, I had no idea there was that much going on in the city, city limits proper of LA. Right. And the effect it's going to have on the Charos. And we had that big rally last Tuesday, uh, just before the PBR. And on, a, on probably one of the worst days weather-wise LA's had in quite a while, we had close to 700 people there, six, 700 people. And the, the thing that I send you some pictures of this, but the thing that was the most heartwarming for me is a lot of these people look at rodeo and they go, it's an old white guys club, you know, it's a, you know, and that's the way they look, but you pan through that crowd and there was out of the city that were there, there was probably a hundred to 150 black cowboys and cowgirls. There was, you know, two or 300 char or, you know, Mexican charros and men and women and, a, and a, the minority at this event was the white people. Right. It was it was pretty entertaining to see. It was heartwarming for me. And, you know, and we had uh, Jim Pickens Jr. from Grey's Anatomy. You know, he was a, the black doctor on Grey's Anatomy. Right, right. Glenn Terman and uh, uh, Reginald Dorsey. They're speaking. Forey Smith came out and spoke. He actually went out and uh, we got some footage cameraman over there he went out and spoke to the uh activists that were pro variety so to contrast it we had we had six seven hundred people there 15 people protesting <laughs> so you know that that you know they put right they've supposedly got tens of thousands of supporters there that the councilman says which is total b they they could only muster fifteen people, and we got a video coming out of one guy that was there, and before he was talking, before he Smith was talking to him, and we got him on camera saying, "Yeah, I'm a hunter and a fisher. I'm here. My girlfriend asked me to come down here and protest. I, I'm from Wisconsin. I fish and you know all that." And he's, he's standing there holding a Ben Bull riding sign in his hand because he wanted him to do it. Yeah, so, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Um, because I've had Forey Smith on the podcast and James Pickens Jr. as well. And, uh, you know, um, and, and I know, uh, you know a lot of what you're saying about how much, uh, you know, equine and equestrian events there are in Southern California, you know. Uh, and, and even the movie industry, you know. I mean, look, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm sure they have to fight some of it too, but, but uh, it's uh, – it's it's one of those things, you know, like you said, if, if these groups have, you know, tons of money to pour into something and develop a, uh, you know, a narrative that they want to be feeding to people, uh, they can do that. And and then it's easy to be, it's easy to ma manipulate people when they don't even understand, you know, what the true basis of it is. Right. And the, the funny part, L.A., is a, you know, the bigger animal rights groups will back a, a local animal. So there's a group there called Last Chance for Animals. There's a would-be kind of actor. Um, he's been in a couple movies named John DeRose that started this Last Chance. And if you go on their website, his own bio says that in the second paragraph, bio, it says he's never had a dog or a cat or any type of pet. No animal bond type interactions with animals the only thing he talks about is a very meeting he had with a feral dog staring into the eyes of a feral dog and this and we gave him the epiphany to go start this organization and 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 they're the ones that are be the arbiters of how we what our welfare standards are and the welfare standards rodeo and livestock especially even stronger in california than anywhere else are already on the books i mean it's it's a very well regulated very uh humane the 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 these groups go out and say that 50 percent of the animals 
hurt or tortured or have to be slaughtered after they're they go through a rodeo and reality is on bull riding the statistic is 0 0.02 or 0 0.02 percent actually end up in an injury in bull riding so that's very very a very rare occurrence and then on all the rest of the rodeo animals it's still a half of one percent right. of injuries right. so of outs and the interesting part about that, and we kind of throw it in his face, is that the state, the veterinarian, California Rodeo has to have a veterinarian now to inspect the animals before they get and then after. And any any type of uh, injury reported and reported by law to the state veterinarian. So if they really had these extreme numbers, they would be recorded. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and they just don't have it. They don't have them. Yeah. So um, they use things like we put, we tie the testicles up. And as a, yeah. as a, 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 a person of the male species, you know, if somebody did that to me, I, I wouldn't walk anywhere. I wouldn't buck. I wouldn't move. You right. Know? Right. You can imagine, you know, there, there's tank straps have, tax in them or sharp objects to make them buck and that they're super tight well anybody knows if you go rope something around the flank and you tighten it down they're going to fall down they're not they're not you know right and uh you know a flank straps looser than the belt i have on right you know so it's the the things that the things that they use they say we have we use wire tie downs they're going to ban wire tie downs they're going to ban fixed spurs well one of the things he did if he's going to ban fixed spurs, he was going to ban the 2028 Olympics, the horse sports in the Olympics right. in L.A. in 2028. Yeah. So he went back and tasted to just come out and say rodeo events. And he specifically named, I mean, barrel racing will be illegal of L.A. And, it, and the, the scariest part about the way they worded this for me says, and similar sports. So it names off every rodeo event, and then it says and similar, similar event. Yeah. So any gym canna, any kind of. Yeah. There's a there's a couple places in California where they've already banned mutton busting because nobody was around. Western Justice wasn't. I mean, we had no ground game to go deal with that stuff, and and that's thing that. I want everybody to know wherever you're at in the country, if, if you hear about something like this, even level happening, then you need to contact us, contact Western just help to support a ground game to stop those kind of things. Cause that's, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I gotta say, like we mentioned earlier, we're, we're having a little trouble with our internet connection, which is frustrating. It happens from time to time. Uh, you never know Zuckerberg could be listening to us and, and doing it on purpose. Who knows? Uh, so I, I, am apologizing to the audience right now. If, if some of this is, you know, if, if it's some of the audio is kind of hard to hear, but, but we're definitely just want to stay in contact and have you on again. And, and we want to get as many people involved as possible. You mentioned earlier too, about, you know, uh, you know, the thoroughbred industry and, you know, just, all, all the equestrian events, and even in, in Rodian, I've talked about this on the podcast a lot with a, a, a lot of guys, um, you know, from Shane Proctor to Tyson Durfee, a lot, a lot of different guys, about even like the PRCA and the PBR and, you know, uh, having these conflict. It's like, you know, if, if, if we're not united in, in our sports and our objectives and our, you know, our lifestyle, uh, then divided we're going to fall, you know? And right. so uh, I think you kind of alluded to that with, with the, with the other industries as well. Well, um, part, part of what we did too, and I've been this for 15 years and I did a version of this back in 2011, but it was broader, bigger groups like uh, public lands council, Sierra Club, NCBA, the, you know, several American lands council, all these different groups like that. But with the situation, I took that same model and I built what's called, we call the World Industry Coalition. And hopefully you'll have, I'll send you that graphic so you can put it up. But okay. we have a 
Uh, and it's growing. We have over 55 organizations on this coalition. And the the historic part about it is these groups generally don't work together because organizations. When you talk about PBR, PRCA, WCRA, I, the WPRA, all the high school rodeo, all of them, you know, have their own skill set or their own base of people and all that, and they try to keep that. The it's a very historic coalition that we put together that brought all of these there to be able to go, we're, we're a lot stronger in bigger numbers. And like I said, I've been trying to do that for a long time. This was just the one spot that we were able to really bring everybody together. And they were all very, um, to be a part of it. So, um, I think we got a great game plan going forward lifestyle. We need, everybody's support, everybody we can get to be a member. When you search us, it's it's uh, www.westernjustice.info, not .org. Um, those were already taken by a couple other things when we started. We had to do the .info, but it's, it's a, uh, we have ever growing base. We actually have probably gotten more, I think, new memberships in the first two months of of 22 than we did all that so and we had a pretty good year last year we got we had a lot of memberships but the first year have been our best two months ever so yeah that's great well i, t- I tell you I, I definitely want to have you on again and, and it's unfortunate we've we've had this uh little audio problem uh with the internet but that happens uh you know you know we well, can't... i'm in a hotel room i'm in a hotel room in a high rise the internet's kind of sketchy but uh, i'll be home next week dan and we can do another one and figure it out from there absolutely hey so but i gotta ask you because i always ask everybody uh these three questions uh you got a good looking lid on right there do you have a favorite brand of cowboy hats you know this one actually, uh, Chaz Mitchell made. Uh, okay. Chaz is Waddy Mitchell's boy. Yeah. Cowboy poet. Um, Chaz, it's a funny story about this hat, too, because I'm a cowboy. I, I cowboyed and lived on big ranches and worked and trained horses. So I never bought more, bought anything over a $500 hat in my life. Right. And that was stretching it to buy a $500 hat. So. Chad sees me back in 2017 at the Snapple Bit Futurity, and he goes, what's it going to take for you to be wearing one of my hats when you get all these pictures with these famous people? And I, Chaz, I'm not spending $2,000 on a hat. I just don't do it. And I don't, for one, I don't have money to do that, and I don't see a need in it. So he goes, I'll, I'll make one for you. He made this hat for me. Six months, six months later, I, uh, you know, he's made or he's, you know, he got my measurements, all that. And I said, Chaz, I'm going over to the NRC and Trump's going to be there and several other people are going to be there. I'm going to get a lot of pictures. I need that hat. So he actually owed the hat to me. I get it, leave the next day. And two days later, I a picture of me and Trump standing there together. So that was, <laughs> that was he was, he was pretty happy with that hat. Now, American hats have, have, uh, also sponsor me in that way with a, a really nice thousand X mink hat that I wear a lot too. So I kind of, I, I, I Wrangler gives me my clothes. They want me to wear. So I, I, I take that and I stay with them, but uh, you know, this Chaz Mitchell has probably written that. And that one that I got from American hats is just an unbelievable, light colored hat too so uh keith mundy sent me that one and it was you know more down here in texas i'm wearing that hat because i'm right by those guys absolutely yeah um how about boots you got a and i also i also got i got one of those for uh american hats gave the white house at one you know when he was in there right and then and pence never well, Pence is actually a cowboy. He, he's a, a would-be cowboy. I mean, he likes to ride horses and he goes trail ride there in Indiana right. when he was, you know, and he used to complain every time I, I saw Pence a lot more than I saw Trump. So 
he used to complain about not getting to ride and how he wished he could go ride more when he was the vice president. And uh, anyway, so I got him in October. He came out to Oregon to be a keynote speaker at an event that I help with. And uh, so I got American Hats sent him one of those thousand X mink hats. And I got a really cool picture with Pence with his hat on. So that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, how about uh, cowboy boots? You got a favorite brand of boots? Uh, I, I wear Lucchese's. Uh, they, they just fit me well and they've, they've done me well. And, um, you know, they've, they've been really good to me. So I've probably got six. I used to wear uh, boulets. The, can it, when I was training horses, right, right. Uh, the boulets, you know, my heel counter, when you, when you get out there and using your spurs all day long, training, you know, 15, 20 head a day, the heel counters would roll over even on some of the expensive boots, you know, that were not supposed to do that. The heel counter would roll over and I'd have a, I'd be standing on the inside of my, you know, the heel be over on the inside of my actual heel part of the sole. Right. So I found, I figured out that them, them Canadian boulet boots, you get a hold of them, they got a great heel counter and I never had an issue with that. So it might just be me and my, 40 inch inseam that causes the problem, but, or the way I walk or whatever, but it, they had the best heel counter for, you know, for me. But as far as I don't wear a pair of boots out anymore because I don't ride all day long, like I used to. So, and I don't get wet all day, you know, washing horses and rinsing them off. So it's, right. it's kind of nice. I've had, you know, I've got probably six or seven pairs of Lucases and they're, they're all in great shape because I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't do anything but walk around. Yeah, doing know. doing more concrete cowboy work, right? Yeah, exactly. I wear out more soles than I do the uppers. Yeah, good. How about how about cowboy movies, western movies? You got a favorite western? Oh, it's got to be Tombstone. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a anti. I have a very strong anti bully mentality, and when when he whips that guy off his off the card table, that's uh, <laughs> that that that's probably my funnest moment of that that movie so yeah yeah that's a great movie without a doubt well dave hey man i I appreciate you coming on uh people can can follow you on um instagram uh at western justice uh lf um and tiktok we're on tiktok too tiktok okay we got some we we have actually a funny one of a protester a woman a protester that actually has over half a million views already on it so (laughs) There's some pretty entertaining stuff on there because we I went up and questioned a bunch of protesters at the uh, Griffith Park Pony Rides. They're trying to shut down a 75 year old business and, uh, you know, people and and we'll put the video out, too. But uh, Glenn Terman went totally off on that at our at our rally the other night about how they're trying to close the pony rides and how important that is and how many people when I was over there, there was a woman a woman that her daughter got a picture of her daughter who was in her sixties at that point. So there's an 80 year old woman, her 60 year old daughter had gotten a picture when she was three year old at the pony rides. And then the, the, her daughter had a picture of herself at three, you know, so they were, they were on to the third generation. Now they got, they had a three year old daughter of our great granddaughter of the, the original uh, great grandmother. And, and, uh, they were there to get a picture. They had a whole series of pictures of their family. Every every kid in the family at three years old getting a ride, at, going for a ride on the pony rides at Griffith Park. Yeah. So I sat and talked to these vegan, vegan wannabes guy with a a big tattoo that said "True Vegan" on it on his neck, and he's wearing. I and I told him, I said, if you took everything off you're wearing, that was that was wasn't made with some kind of animal byproduct. I said, you'd be standing here buck naked. I said, unless you're wearing <laughs> hemp underwear and hemp shoes and shorts right. and all that, you're not, you're not a vegan. And then he drove away. We got a picture of him driving away on his $15,000 BMW scooter, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so the hip, the hypocrites, the vegan hypocrites out there. And these are all paid protesters that are over there too. They go over there for two hours on Saturday and two hours on Sunday and they get paid to do it. And they're, yeah. you you know, they know nothing about what they're, what they're protesting. They're just there to protest because that's what they do. 
Yeah. Are are these some of the like, uh, is this like Soros money type of stuff? The, 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 those kind of backers or. Yeah, I think it's, it's more uh, uh, bigger animal rights groups. Like the right. gal that kind of heads this whole thing up works for the human. She's the California uh, liaison for humane society, of the United States. Yeah. And um, you know, I told the one guy, you know, one, one of the ways I've gotten rid of people who send death threats to me and, you know, all of that kind of stuff over the years is I, I uh, figure out who they are, who they work for. And then I send their correspondence to their boss. <laughs> pretty, pretty simple to do and pretty easy. And I told the one guy, I asked him, I, I walked up with my cell phone recording him that was out there protesting. I asked him, I said, what's your name, pal? And he's like, and the guy next to him says, we're not talking to anybody today. I'm like, well, you're talking to all these people in line trying to tell them not to go for the pony ride. So, and I went over to him and said, well, what's your name? And he's like, we're not talking to you today. And I said, that's all right. I can do facial recognition and figure out who you are, who you work for, all that. <laughs> so, and he kind of, he wasn't very happy about that comment. Yeah. But. Well, hey, man, I mean, you're, you know, my hat's off to you for the work you're doing and and because it's it's not something that's easy to do. You know, you, you, you there's probably a lot of other things you'd like to do than than have to be out there fighting this kind of deal. But, uh, you know, it, it's guys like you that that actually, you know, pick up the sword and, 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 and you know, head into battle. And uh, we just need to get more people behind you. You know, and I, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and proclaim my ignorance here. I, I wasn't even I didn't even think about it before, but I didn't realize you guys had a membership. Uh, yeah. So, you know, which is and, and if you can fifty dollars a year, I think all of us can afford to spend fifty dollars. And it's like you said, if you look at the team ropers, I mean, we're up here in, in Arizona, Wickenburg area. I mean, the, every one of those guys should be a member. Sure. I mean, you know, 100%. yeah, I mean, you, you, and, and I believe me, I mean, you come through that. It's amazing to go through that town and see every arena filled up. Rancho Rio, Simpsons, downtown arena, hooves and horns, uh, Dylan's. All of them, and I mean, just packed to the gills with those horses. Are all? I mean, you can't buy, you can't get a good rope horse nowadays under fifteen grand. I mean, you'd be lucky right. if you do, but you're going to pay twenty five thousand. You got a you know sixty thousand dollar truck and a uh, you know eighty thousand dollar trailer, um, and you're riding a horse and you're roping steers. And there's people that don't want you to do that. So, and you're spending nine hundred dollars to fifteen hundred dollars on entry fees. Let's spend some money to help uh, protect protect this industry and and what right. they they have the freedom to do. You know, it's, it's pretty it's pretty simple logic and pretty simple math. Yeah. If, if I had uh, if I had a hundred thousand members, it would be bigger than any other organization out there that really truly. Has. And with a hundred thousand members, I don't need hundreds of millions of dollars to do. It. We, you know, we need, we need to be in that hundred thousand range and then to go get bigger donors to put money in and do things to keep this whole fight going. Cause right now we're not bringing in enough memberships to pay for all the initiatives. Right. My goal is that, is that this pay for all the initiatives, pay for the help. We need some staff, you know, we need to be up on board because we're getting, you know, pretty tapped out as far as our ability to get. And the more people that come to us, and ask us to do something or get involved with something, have the bandwidth myself. I right. mean, I'd love to do everything. Right. I'd love to be everyone in this, in this industry, but without the support, I, I can't personally do support and we don't have the staff. And I've got great people that are a lot younger than me, very engaged. Benny Paulson's one of them. Yes. You know, there's yes. people like Benny out there. He's going to come work for me, but there's a lot of people like him out there that are smart, Yep. They industry, they're a part of this. They they understand what's going on and they want to help young attorneys, 20 some, you know, 20 to 30 year old attorneys that are out there. Great people want to come be a part of this once we once it gets up and really flying. We're only a year and a half into this. And we from the first year, it was only a half a year or we brought in five times as many people and money as we did in the in the first six months so in the second year or right. that that first full year so grow this thing we grow it it's going to be you know and and you know i i understand nonprofits. they they worry about that kind of stuff and they worry about 
because they're they should be. There's a lot of them that have proven to be horrible at doing their job or doing what they're doing. Right. We'll prove that we're, you know, our our money goes to the issues. Uh, probably a hundred a hundred times higher than any other number. Is the money actually going to the issue and not just staff or 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 you know office work or whatever? Almost probably, if we if I look at it, I don't want to quote it. Probably eighty percent of the money goes to the actual right. Uh, and that's, that's, I mean, most of these nonprofits are like 5% goes to the, right. And that's, that's where we're going to stay. Um, over the last 16 years, my, my, my desire, my value is history. It's not for me to make money. If I wanted to make money, I'd have been doing something else a lot longer ago. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> this exactly. Isn't a, it's not a lucrative deal to be in the ball, but so. Right. Well, Dave, hey, like I said, man, it's unfortunate we had, you know, kind of our little reception thing. I'm, I'm hoping my editor can kind of clean clean it up uh, the best he can. But but we'll definitely uh, connect up again and, uh, uh, you know, just keep just get it out there because it, it's, it's like anything, you know, uh, you, you got to see something over and over a lot of times before you, you yeah. know, you buy a product. And, uh, it's even like with me, you know, when I reached out to you before, uh, last year, I think it was about October, first time we connected and, uh, you know, I mean, I learned stuff today already. So it, it, it you know, it's, it just takes time. But I, I think that, I think that, uh, you know, we can, we can, I think we can rally. I mean, I, I just look at the team roping industry because I'm, I'm in the middle of it here, you know, and I mean, we're talking, you know, thousands of teams in, in this place, you know, and, right. they're, and they're, and it's like, it'd be so easy for each and every one of them guys to, you know, spend 50 bucks a year. Yeah. You know? And a lot you know, of, uh, and Ty, one of the things that a lot of people don't even realize, I have a board of advisors and uh, some of the biggest names in the industry, Sean Glee. PBR, uh, some, I mean, some great individuals from each industry in the world. And we're growing that a little bit more, but I mean, Ty Yost is board of advisors. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's, it, it's not like I, the, I got the, 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 the grand poobah team open, right. Right. Is on my board of advisors. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to do everything here at the Modern Cowboy to, to, to promote it and keep the word out there. And, uh, um, you know, and, and again, uh, you know, you should be commended on what you're doing. And, and uh, everybody that, you know, owns a horse or loves this industry uh, has to be appreciative of what you're doing. Because it's, it's just like I said before about the, the AR platforms, you know, you, you're thinking like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. And then all of a sudden you know, it's, it's, yep. uh, you're staring at the facts and, and it's not anything anybody we're, wanted. We're doing things and watching things that if people, if I could, my, my biggest problem is, is I can't be everywhere all the time and I can't get to everybody. And when I do get to people, they sign up or they, you know, the, what's going on in the reality. But the things that I stop in DC last, 15 years, the things that I've been able to stop and work on um, are, are pretty vast. And if people even had a clue that this stuff was going on, they would just crap because they're yeah. like, are you serious? That's happening. And it's like, yeah, in attention said, but us. Yeah. So. All right, Dave. Well, Hey, uh, like I said, uh, thanks again for coming on. And then we'll, we'll, we'll connect up here again and, and we'll have a better connection next time. Okay. The simple life is simply gone. Folks these days don't know right from wrong. You do you and I do I. Looking for the truth, but only getting lies, lies, lies. When it comes undone, we won't run. I bet they never seen young guns like I did as a young one. They taught me about pals, they taught me about women. 
Don't be bringing your strife over this way It looks like you got some say You wanna learn to fight, but have you learned to heal? Better keep it tight, cause brother, here's the deal When it comes undone, we won't run I bet they never seen young guns Like I did as a young one They taught me about pals, they taught me about women Taught me about the code that we should be living When it comes unwound, you might as well trust us Give them Western justice Instead of getting tuned up You should have tuned in some Take it from me I learned it as a young girl If you can't stand the heat You're gonna have to trust us Give me Western justice Here I am just trying to be me Probably stood on back and let it all slide 